and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. All right, are you ready? One, two, three. Jasmine Bartra, I am so excited to have you as my guest for She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it. It's my absolute pleasure, Jules. Oh, it's this is I'm just dying to hear your story. So let's start off by telling everybody what it is that you do now. What's your business these days? Ooh, okay. I'm still working on the business I started back in 2007, so Arrow Digital, but it has gone through wow. two evolutions in terms of new products and services being added. And at the moment, I'm working on a very exciting project, which is working with tech startups who are looking to scale and expand internationally with eyes into Asia. So really, um, and more specifically, India. So really helping businesses to think beyond their borders. Oh, I love that. Now, you forgot to tell everyone what the name of your business is. <laughs> sure. So the company is called Arrow Digital. And uh, this program right. is called the Big Leap Program for startups and founders helping them um, to facilitate the international expansion into India as a market for their technology, for their startup. That's amazing. Now, how exactly does it work? Just tell us me a little bit more about it before we delve into your past. And, uh, and why? Why are you doing sure. this um, is another good question to ask. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so the why. Um, I came to Australia 18 years ago. And uh, before I moved here, I was working um, as a project manager for an American company leading their production uh, center in New Delhi. That was an LA-based company. And I was um, looking after all the e-learning programs and courseware, managing a a team of across five different departments. Um, And then moved to Australia. You sort of, again, um, like any migrant who has left their, the, their shows, you, it's almost like a new start. You look at things with that freshness. And it is a leap, a big leap when you leave the comfort of what you know. It is a big leap. To something which is uncertain. And it could be, um, you know, it, it has that, that it is equal parts exciting, equal parts nerve wracking. And it is a leap of faith. Yes, um, I bet. And that really was um, what I, what came back to my mind when I thought of this program, which is helping founders um, who, to, to, who have obviously start doing running a startup means that you are willing to take risks. You are, um, uh, you know, uh, in that phase where you want to uh, to to take calculated risks at some points, but there are some risks where the numbers don't make sense, but it's your gut and your intuition that it's that's guiding you. And you say, yes, I really see something here to, to go beyond the, the logic and rational mind. Um, and in Australia, as we know, so many of us have uh, come here either as first generation or second generation migrants. So we we have parents who were born overseas or we were born overseas. And to me, uh, that's that's a uh, a persona that I identify with. And I, during my course of running Arrow Digital, I've had some amazing people that I've got to work with, um, including um, a a research university, like, for this program, I'm working with Latrobe Innovation and Entrepreneurship, and the the program director Cherisela left left Europe to come to Australia, and then I've uh, I've was also have been doing some pro- programs and projects with um, Elisa Marie Dumas, who heads programs and partnerships at Investable, which is um, an early stage investment firm and a VC firm. And yes, we I've heard that of all Investable. Three of us 
have at some point left our home country. So, so she came from the Silicon Valley. Uh, Chesla came from Europe and I've come from India. So we said, well, we are all little bit of risk takers. We've taken a leap of faith. How about we help people who have um, this this excitement of exploring new territories and and you know venturing into new markets and that's how the program came about and that's what it um, it it was the, the sort of driving force for it and we pushed uh, put in a pitch with um, with Oz Industry Incubator Program so um, the fact that uh, our vision for it was seen by the committee and to get a, 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 the backing of Oz Industry for this program has made it such an exciting venture for us to be able to offer this to startups on a very subsidized um, manner uh, with with uh, backing and funding from Oz Industry for the for the first couple of rounds of the program. That's absolutely extraordinary, Jasmine. I know um, there would be a lot of women here listening that would be fascinated to know how you can partner with those big organisations. So hold that thought because as we run through your career and we come back to Arrow Digital, I'm going to ask you how you manage to partner with these organisations and find them in the first place. But... First, I want to hear about your life and your story growing up in India and before you came to Australia. So um, can I take you back to when you were a girl and at school, let's say high school, or you can go earlier if you'd like. Um, What sort of a family have you grown up in and did you enjoy school? Were you good at school? Tell me some of of your past. (laughs) Good. I I ha- I'm having a very I know I know this is this is so it's <laughs> it's very hard for a lot of people to go oh my god all the way back yeah, then I, but um I think that, I think it's really interesting to see how your career has evolved yeah so I my mum and dad um my brother and me so it's a four a family of four very close knit very strong family bonds okay my dad loves is a yeah. is a man of words so he loves writing writing poetry he's a hin- published hindi poetry writer and every year on my birthday wow that's he has really amazing poem for me <laughs> poem for me relevant for me for that year yes. wow so a very loving nurturing warm and fuzzy sort of a ba- family uh, and we love to have um, you know laughs and you know just that that was the sort of environment and my brother is just such a like a yeah he he knows how to take a, the mickey out like we'll always keep pulling legs and um yeah so oh, that was right. the sort of family environment <laughs> And he takes his education, he took his studies like very lightly. And I was like very much into, oh gosh, it's my exams. I can't eat. No, there will be no TV for one month in the house. Nobody can watch anything. You know, it was like, oh, right. <laughs> that's the kind of person I was. Um, and yeah, very academic. So, uh, and this is a joke in the family. E- exam time. I come back after giving my papers. <coughs> Mom asks me, how was your paper? How was the exam? I said, oh my God, it was so difficult. I don't even think I will pass. And I'll end up getting a 95, 97% <laughs> in it. And my brother would come home. How wow. was your exam? Oh, fabulous. Fantastic. <laughs> and he would just make it. <laughs> so... <laughs> That, that Scrape was a through. kind of, <laughs> kind of uh, uh, family sort of Right, dynamic. so you were a very diligent student. So yes, did you, when you very, finished school, did you go about, to uni? Was that what was you wanted? It was more about making sure that my teachers feel, um, like I felt I was responsible. They, they are spending their time and, and some of them really looked up that you will get the best grade in the college and you know so I used to feel very responsible more than anything else what an amazing student you must have been for the teachers there's not a lot of kids that I think uh, think about their teachers that way so did you go on to university and if so what did you study yes so I did um, 
I did a Bachelor of Commerce, an honors in Bachelor of Commerce. And at the mm-hmm. same time, I started to study for an Institute of Chartered and Management Accountancy. So I was studying to become a, a, a management accountant. And then I also enrolled into an honors right. in systems management to learn everything about co- about uh, computers. So this is, you know, um, early 90s. Computers are just sort of coming in and I was so fascinated by it. So I started to learn everything from COBOL, DBase, uh, Oracle, Java, you know, all the programming, coding languages. Um, and just loved <coughs> can, the technology side. Can I? Yeah. So I'm really interested because India has such a strong emphasis on technology and and myself having been there, I've seen how it's lifted a lot of people out of um, poverty and up to the next level. Were you one of many girls studying computers and um, technology in those days or were you one of very few? Because I know in Australia, (laughs) most of the girls, if they were studying, were maybe one of two in a class. Yeah, it was it was very similar. So in in like for example, in my class of Bachelor of Commerce, we had hundred and twenty students in our in our batch, and we had twelve girls. Yeah. So it was yeah the the balance. Oh was, right. <laughs> no. And and to that to think about it, Jules, when I I came from. Uh, my parents were very much about education. So they sent us to the best schools with best education. Um, so we had Irish nuns who sort of were uh, the, the, the college uh-huh. that I schooling that Stop I went it. to. <laughs> yeah. So very prim and proper. And, Irish and, nuns you know, in India. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that was pretty fascinating. And yes, you're right. In, uh, there were very few women, girls who were um, sort of pursuing that. But it's strangely enough, it never occurred to me at the time that I am different or that gender awareness was not so much there, especially when it came to education. In other aspects, maybe, right. but, you know, in studying and education, it's like, you know, yeah, it's that that awareness you, was you either there. study or you don't it doesn't matter whether you're male or female totally yeah. um okay so what happened when you finished uni what did you do next well i um felt that i needed to study more so i did a masters in i did an mba <laughs> <laughs> did an mba in marketing yeah. um, wow which uh, which was pretty um like after after studying this programming and the numbers, I felt that I'm really a people person and I could see myself, you know, pursuing something which involved creativity and thinking, which really is how I feel is different and unique is that convergence of numbers, technology and the marketing mind and how the psychology of it all works is is what um, has been my whole uh, combination of what 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 excites me and what draws me to things. Um, and that's what I did and uh, got picked by the campus from the from a campus placement to work in an ad agency. Um, and that was my first time leaving my hometown oh, where I had interesting. to move to a metro city, which was outside of my home country, hometown and to go and work there in, in an ad agency in the busy humdrum and hustle of of a big city from a from from a small town girl so so well tell me what that was like then because it must have been very scary um obviously you had your education you had a great job to go to what does a young Indian girl and just knowing a little bit about the culture, um, what do you do when you go to a new city? Did you have relatives you stayed with or where did you live? <laughs> it's so fascinating. You ask this question, Jules, and don't judge me, but my parents are just so protective. So interestingly, one of my bachelors, yeah. she and me, both of us got picked by the same company. So it was like... <clears throat> So ah, now imagine, okay. imagine the, a train station in India with a lot of people and there are two girls who are about a to board a train <laughs> and there is a family of 20 each on both the sides who have come to, to 
to to bid them goodbye <laughs> to to go on the train and instructions you know look after yourselves have this don't uh, you know just so many do's and don'ts but that's what happened so my mum felt very comfortable knowing that there's another girl from the same college who's also going working in the same company and we had got a pg accommodation which was um staying as a paying guest with a family in their home um while working ah, in the okay yeah so it was not right. you were not so, going to stay um, in a hostel you how, were not going to stay with other other people it was you are it's almost change of guards so you have gone from the family home parents to another yes. parent like <laughs> figures who will sort of um, you are staying in their home as a paying guest and you are almost part of their family right so um at so how long did you stay in the advertising agency yeah. and did you enjoy it <laughs> so that's and at what stage did you it comes into yes yeah so tell me my my friend who i went with got engaged and was going uh, was going to get married in 10 in about 10 12 months 11 months from the time we went there so she obviously uh, had to okay. leave and um, go and then my parents said you come so back hang on a minute stop uh, stop so hang on a minute so she had to give up her career after marriage or did she choose even to do that before marriage even why, before why marriage did she, so she, okay yeah to get married because her husband was in an in a different uh, town so she had to resign to join right. him and then it was going to be probably up to him whether she would work or what job she would do you know it's still it was still that kind of thing um so she left which right. is understandable and then you left she was getting yeah. married but i resigned too and that became a joke in the company that okay she's going she's getting married why are you resigning <laughs> so for me it was like my mom was come back home we'll find you a really good nice job here in this city and stay close to us so that's really how um that that came about but once you have been you know uh, in, in a in a met- in a town where you have very big accounts large client accounts big projects bigger scale it it sort of uh, fuels you to to see and ask for more and demand more so that's um something that uh, that i learned uh, is as that family and culture dynamic but my parents have always my mom was a working woman so she um has always worked her life that's how okay. i've seen her like working hand in hand with dad so it was um, right what did yeah, your mum do mm. can i just ask what you, what did your mum actually do she worked in a government um, organization and in a tel- telco so the the telecom system or think like telstra uh and think yeah. government so that's where she um she had uh, she started working there when she was probably 19 and she retired from that organization so no other change of career no other i'm bored with this job and i'm looking for something so do you think she was looking for security for you do you think that was part of her fear you're in a big city but also you know you might i don't want you to stay there for the rest of your life because i want you to come back and was there an element of that do you think i i think so i think so i i always love that my dad and mama so protect have been so protective in a very loving and nurturing way they do give us they give me the all the wings and everything to pursue what i want but always that protection and safety in a very nurturing way and i say that you know how if he could wrap me in a cotton wool and put it in a put him put me in his front pocket so he can always see where i am <laughs> that yes. that's the sort of okay and 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 was that okay with you how old are you at this stage you must have been 22 yeah, so were was, you 23 was something mid, like mid that 20s, maybe 24 early 20s and you're an indian girl who's gone home was there a lot of pressure to get married for you as well 
<laughs> yeah, that that is always uh, sort of comes with the with the territory. <laughs> um, and it, it's it's so it, now of course things have changed in terms of the age when you get married, but for me it happened quite interestingly. I had gone for a wedding um, in India. We love weddings and we love celebration and festivity. And um, and I'd gone to one such wedding and I I met uh, my my husband the my now husband there and that's how we just sort of uh, felt that yeah this was the right time for us to get together and. And he was in New Delhi, which is where my my career and job earlier was before I came back. So that was pretty exciting. Right. Yes, very. So, um, so where did you work when you went home, and at what stage did you get married, and did you then go back to Delhi? Sorry, that's lots of questions. But how, what was the progress after you left the agency and went home? What happened next? Yeah. So I worked in a, in a bank. In, in India, um, a, a, a good um, sort of a local good local solid job, uh, which was a good nice yeah. you know um, workplace uh, to and also to progress and because banking finance was another area which always fascinated me, and that's really where I um, we I was working when I when I met my now husband and we. Yeah, we got married and, um, yeah, I, I got married when I was around 25. And Did you then moved, move back to, to Delhi? Moved to, um, to New Delhi and my husband at the time, uh, he at that time he was running a, a, a business which was called Cyber Edge Technologies, which was, and think now, internet is very new. Oh. And he... Um, he had what was called cyber school where we used to he used to teach people how to surf the web how to get found how to get started so it was a very fascinating oh, for right. me to, to actually work with him in that business and at that time too we had international clients so we had um pro- we used to do web application and web development work so one of my early clients was an organizational called National Association of Women Business Owners in Detroit, who gave us a project to build their website. Oh, this is 1997. Wow. Uh, no, sorry. This is 1998 when we built the website. And some right. of the challenges she had, I mean, this was like almost Web 2.0. So she said, I want all the members to be able to chat with each other in chat rooms and um, have a calendar of events. So, wow. And we want encryption. And I did not know there was something called PGP encryption and CGI Perl coding. And we took on the project. And then in the evening, I would buy the books and figure out how do we do this PGP encryption to make sure that uh, transactions can happen. Oh, my goodness. So that was very early years of being in the web space. And this is before uh, Google, obviously. Yahoo was the... Yahoo was the search engine at the time. I remember when Yahoo was really new. I remember. I think it was Alta Vista was the Alta first Vista, one that I quite yes. liked. Alta Vista, um, back in the early geez. days. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you and your husband are running this business in New Delhi. What happened next? I'm interested to know how you ended up here. But what happened? Did you Ooh, continue okay, in that forward, business until forward. you left um, India? I had a I had a baby. My son. No, no. Actually, don't um, fast forward. Okay. No fast forward. Okay. No, no. Oh, go on. Keep we, going. How how long do we have, Jules? Uh, <laughs> but we um, we have so, we so, have yeah, got I, another we, half we worked, an hour. So tell me all. We worked uh, there. Then then the dot com crash happened. So two thousand, the dot com crash, ah. which was a big thing. And now, of course, people are talking about the next big technology crash that may may come up in a few years, who knows. But I've seen that. I've seen when everything was dot com and suddenly it it had, you know, um yeah, things were just stocks were falling and people did it not ended, want so- to invest in that. Um that's when I um did did few fun stuff. So I Went on, um, I'd always wanted to be, um, you know, 
presenter, TV. So I went and auditioned for a news channel and I became a news presenter. Okay. <laughs> Stop it. I didn't know that, Jasmine. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, that, that was a lot of fun. And um, so it was, a, it was a local news channel. And, but they had that format of questions. So you would cover whatever was the local news, nothing to making big headline, national headlines, but it was pretty um, like local heroes. So you could really get to know about the local community and what work they were doing and questions. So I did that for some time. And then, of course, um, yeah, uh, yeah, got pregnant, had my, my, uh, my son and then went back to a career uh, like a a, more a corporate job working in a financial services e-learning company that's uh, working there as a project manager so that okay. was a transition from there into uh, into a corporate corporate uh, management role okay and meanwhile is your husband still running cyber edge um, yeah, so he he did that. We we uh, he did that, and he also built um, one of the very first few job sites in India, which actually got listed oh in goodness. the top ten um, job sites. You know, we got coverage in BRW, in Economic Times about you know the the job sites. So that was fascinating. Um, we tried to actually even do yes. some. Um, capital raising for that uh, for that uh, startup which was and I've learned so much from it and also the revenue model that we had which I think back and think think how could we like how did we come up with that <laughs> so it, it is it's fascinating <laughs> but yes that's what what happened and then um, then that career of um, working in a in a corporate role is where I got a TV a station. Oh, I love that. A lot of real experience in in project management, leading a big team and um, keeping them aligned and meeting deadlines and working with um, the American counterparts to to get the courses online. Right. And so um, I'm guessing this is bringing you close to when you came to Australia. Is, is, is that right? Or have I That's missed correct. a big yes. chunk? So I was quite comfortable. I was uh, earning so what pretty well working, you here? As a, yeah. working as a project manager, living in a, um, you know, a nice home with, a, with all the facilities that you can think of in India, like a driver, a cook, a babysitter, a gardener, you know, all, all life sort of sorted, but you go to work and you sort of enjoy your career progression. And my husband got an opportunity to come to Australia and I was like very reluctant about it because the only thing I knew about <laughs> I can understand the Western why. world was that you have to do all your work yourself. And that was scary. <laughs> I was like, how will I do that? Um, and even now, you know, I, if I think back when I came to Australia, um, my son, who, when he joined us, he was just, uh, he was five. He was just like like four years old when, when he right. um, came and he was just about to go to school. And I, we were living in a small shoebox sort of an apartment single room shoebox support apartment and I my son's hungry and I right. tried to make those indoor those <laughs> noodles you know those boxed noodles and I made it I yeah. put too much water and yes. it was I said oh my god how am I going to raise my child here I can't even make proper you know noodles and how, how will I raise a oh, family Jasmine <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was uh, a good. So what did you do? How did you teach yourself? Ah, calls home. So walk up to a Telstra booth, <laughs> call mum, and ask her for some good recipes that that we could um, try, and of course, then help few people around. Oh, yeah. I had a very good. Um, uh, my first job, which was working in a call center in 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 Australia, my first proper job, um, 
And there you yeah. meet a whole lot of people from lots of different cultures. And then the learning sort of, yeah, uh, you, you had on a very quick, steep learning curve. Right. Gosh, you know, I had never thought about that aspect of coming to Australia. I would have thought I was I would always think of um, things like road rules, you know, which are completely different. But I'd never really thought that, of course, if you've grown up with, you know, drivers and cooks and all the rest of it, that there's a whole world that you don't know that you're suddenly thrust into. Yes, yes. But, you know, uh, okay. so you started work here in a call centre. Oh, no, no, go on. No, I was, what I was going here. to say was, it, when I came here, I just absolutely fell in love with it. So while I was so reluctant about the move, just the place, the energy, the people, the vibe, the, the everything, everything made me fall in love with this place immediately. Like it, nothing else mattered. Oh, Jasmine. So you lived in Melbourne at first? Yes, we lived in Melbourne for in Melbourne for all all eighteen years, and um, but uh, yeah, so working in that in the in the job and call center again, it was almost like starting from the base level because Scratch. obviously Start after again. having yeah. worked um, in in my my role, my next progression would have been you know even further higher up, and here it was like you know you. Uh, when I started to apply for jobs like a project manager, I didn't get any. I didn't get a project leader. I didn't get a job which was three levels before my last job. Um, and but then I I came to Australia, oh, did uh, worked in the call center space, and interestingly, I was selling. It was a sales role, so over the phone selling. And at the time um, that uh, there yeah. they were running a competition of maximum sales and um i was actually you know i was put into a city bank account so i was doing credit card sales the phone sales came was a second okay. project so the city bank credit cards that's what i was selling and then i found out that very soon there there is a competition for the most sales person they will get some prize and you know how we Indians are? We are like survival of the fittest, very competitive, always ready to give a red <laughs> hot go at anything. So I was like, okay, let's do sales. Now, I have yeah. never before done any sales my entire life till that point in time. But then I sort of really went into that whole sales uh, process. Yeah. The my, the my, I, had, I knew marketing, but I didn't know the sales side of things. I knew when somebody was ready to buy and get them to that stage where they are primed for sale but getting them to give their credit card details and punch the digits and do a sale is not what I had learned so as it turned out I was a top performer in sales and I got um, an absolutely amazing experience because Citibank had a champion sales champions awards where they flew us from yeah. People from all over Citibank branch places that have done the highest sales of top performers from different channels. And over five days, they spent yeah. almost $20,000 each on each of us, where we got to experience Sydney Harbour Bridge Climb, dinner at Oprah House and four-wheel drive, like amazing, like wow. with outfits for every single day. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I love them. So that that um, like how how you know how Steve Jobs says that when you collect connect the dots in your life, that's when things make sense. I wasn't sure. Like I, of so many yes. things I had done, I had never done sales. I did not know at the time that I will, in few years, run my own business. And when you are running a business, you need to know how to sell. And that's something I'm so thankful for Absolutely. that it not only gave me the, the whole, you know, training around it, but also rewards that come from being a good, hungry salesperson to, to really serve people. And people used to ask me that, how come you get so many sales, Jasmine? We are all sitting on the phones and this, how, how come you do that? I said, I just listen. I just, for me, it is about serve, understanding what they goals are and just listening and um 
that's what i i felt that you know you you get those experiences to things that will help you later in life even if it doesn't make sense at the at that point wow that is what a great achievement to have have got to the top of sales so okay so you're working in this company you're loving it they're rewarding you well what happened next yeah what happened next i applied for a role in corporate so this is stella i used to work in stella which is um one of the top outsourced call center agency uh, centers in 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 um, australia so i from sales i yeah. few very interesting things happened after citibank contract i got the contract for three mobiles where i was um, you know that was what my uh, company the the contract stella had got which i was doing but soon enough they outsourced that call center to india which meant all of us lost our jobs and that was very funny for me uh, in 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 a way that i am being an indian losing jobs to indians in india yes <laughs> so yeah. that that was that was <laughs> when quite, you come to australia i could i could understand why people say oh so you are calling from india i said no actually i'm not i'm i'm calling here from richmond overlooking the yarra river uh, so it was always um you know a bigger barrier when you are in sales and with an indian accent trying to sell here and saying that you're not yes. one of those callers pestering people to buy something they don't need or want <laughs> but giving them something genuine <laughs> from here in in a very um, yeah. you know uh, yeah the, the right uh, following the right protocols so that's what what happened and then i applied for a role in corporate which was a business solutions role and and i i was successful in right. making that uh, that uh, making to that position and that was a big um you know career change and also so much learning i had the most amazing managers i worked with and i learned so much about people management i had um i had a very um you know inspiring immediate boss and my super boss um and we used to do tenders so i used to help writing the proposals and documents and requests for tenders for big projects like virgin contract wow. or vispac or a metlink and that was my experience of actually doing um you know quotes and tenders and and um winning business winning big big high ticket value business and that's what i was doing and then again um you know we lost some contracts stella was going through the tough time and it was um i was i could have either applied for something or just sort of uh, technically becoming the role was becoming redundant and i thought okay now is my time to really right. think what is it that i want i mean i came my first job was working in a call center i moved like i did i think i got few promotions in that stint there moved to corporate um uh, moved to the marketing side yeah. but what is it that i want and i knew that my calling was to go back into technology and i knew the number one company at that time that i knew of was melbourne it so i said okay let's apply for melbourne it and let's start my career there and that okay, was okay really i remember i used to buy my domain names from melbourne it yes yes everybody did and and they they are very well like advanced i guess in terms of right from domain names yeah. to hosting to emails to website to search optimization all of the whole shebang and i was working in that um team and i could really see the opportunity for an organization which was really tuned into the customer which understood what a small business owner needs and give them what they you know uh, to serve them and that's how aro digital was sort of came about and was born from the need to find to to create a company which is not necessarily the biggest but definitely seen as the best when it comes to you know all, all things technology and digital 
Wow, I love it that you thought that. Meanwhile, and I know that this is about you, but what was your husband doing at this stage? Has he got a contract that he worked at and stayed at? Um, he was working in um, in a in another company, heading their sales function and heading their uh, uh, growth uh, right. aspect. So yeah, we both had sort of different uh, career paths at the time, but then we came together in 2007 and started Arrow Digital. Oh, so you did that together? Yes. Okay, so now talk to me about what it's like when you've only been in Australia for a few years and you've started your own business. How did you, what was that like? How did you find customers? Yeah. For, for me, it was, I knew what we were capable of in terms of, um, you know, delivering. For me, it was marketing. I did not want to create a company which built websites because I, at the time I knew there are so many people who built websites. This is 2007. iPhones are just being launched. Google is very early. Google isn't, you know, just it's come about. So for me, it was about how, do we, out. Yes. how do we make businesses uh, visible? How do we drive business for businesses? And that's when um, we... we right knew that you know for me it was how do we make businesses more findable more credible more marketable and those were the guiding principles right. for what arrow would do how do we make your business something that is findable by somebody who is in the market looking for your product or service how do we make it credible so that when they come to your site they know that yes you are the right person for the problem that you're uh, that they have and and something which um, is marketable. So the right message at the right time for the right people through the right channels. And really the convergence of all the things that I had learned in terms of the marketing, the psychology, the sales and bringing it into, um, into the business. I knew that if you have to run a business, you need an office. That's how I was conditioned. Like, you know, you you have a business, you have an yeah. office. So even before we had a single I think the customer, pandemic has changed that, but you were right. It has. It has. It, right. And now I think of how startups are, you know, building businesses from kitchen tables or garage, you know, from the garage. For me, I thought, okay, let's, we have, now we have a business, now we've got a business. We know we want to start a company. Let's find an office. So we drove down St. Kilda Road, Town, uh, St. Kilda Road found an office for lease sign, yeah. signed up a contract, got ourselves an office, put an ad on Seek, <laughs> hired the first people and then started to sell and got our first few customers through that. Right. So never did I have Amazing. work from now, home. Um, I Oh, yeah. So I had never done work from no, home Jews before. Until the pandemic came. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a dramatic change for a lot of people. Very much so. So um, you talked at the very beginning that uh, when we you said I've owned this business for 14 years but there's been lots of different ups and downs along the way are there any um pivotal moments for want of a better word that you could share with me where maybe at the time something seemed like a bit of a disaster or it feel, felt like a big challenge and you had to change direction and yet you look at it now and go, Fantastic. I'm so glad it happened because, you know, it took us in a different direction. Has that happened to you? Uh, yes, lots of challenges when you start to grow. Um, there is a... When, when there is something they, they call, you know, the ideal span of control. So how many people can you manage? We got some really good early success. Right. And um, we grew very quickly. We won some big contracts. We got some... ASX listed companies uh, as our clients, which meant that we went on and did Amazing. a big hiring spree and had a lot of um, a, a big team. At, and very soon we were like, you know, we went from a four people office, office and a team to a 10 people to a 12 people team. And 
with growth comes a lot of uh, challenge. And I know that um, when I was doing interviews, we were just sort of, we are naturally drawn to people who are like us. And um, this is what I realized later, that when we were bringing in people, I just had a chat with them and I thought, wow, this person is so good. Let's bring them on. Like thinking back, we did not have a very, <laughs> you know, uh, a, a very well structured kind system of, of how we bring process. people in. Uh, so it was initial interview um, and then, you know, Again, little bit more understanding of what the role is. And yeah, we would just hire people. And uh, that's something I learned in hindsight in terms of not uh, having that, that clarity of we who there are certain things that everybody is good at. And there are a few things that nobody has that as their inherent strength. And one thing I learned about strength is that you have to play right. to your strengths. You can try and be, uh, you know, do tasks which are totally not your, what you're not. you know, your, your, uh, your strength, but you will yeah. always struggle. So, that we 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 found that our profit while we were doing so well our revenues were like climbing up and we crossed 1 million dollars in i think uh, in the in in less in 12 months we posted a million dollars in revenue and we were just constantly growing but when we looked wow. at our numbers we were not making money it we were not a profit we were not so profitable because we oh my god even with a million dollars yeah we were we were we were touching 1.5 million 1.8 million but our our um, numbers in in the terms of how uh, like yeah the, the profitability and the ratios didn't stack up and I always, one of the things we did early on was to work with business coach, which um, helped us. And I've always believed in having somebody who can sort of drive us to that. But a coach will tell you what you want. Like they will help you based on what you define as your challenge. So for me, it was you want to grow. And we did not... Um, have that much focus around profitability at the at that time, um, right. and that was something that helped us to think about why are we taking on so many different types of things and projects? What are let's go back to the basics. Let's go back to the core competency. Let's go. We expanded very quickly as well. We set up an office in Sydney. Uh, we were doing a whole lot of things very quickly, which is which is exciting. But uh, that's something I have, it is easier yes. to see in hindsight and it is easier to see as, you know, somebody who would observe for another client. Um, but to be able to understand that and the impact of it was was interesting. And for us, the, the big thing from there was that we became more, uh, like we had a whole lot of product ecosystems, like uh, like a, a vast product ecosystem that, you know, so many different programs, solutions. And after finding that, we said, okay, well, they say, right, revenue is vanity, profits are sanity. So that's when we, got yes. back to the basics and thought okay <laughs> I love let's that. really look at what is it that we are very very good at what are the things that the clients always say that you know you did x y and z but this part was total genius and for us we figured out that it's not just delivering marketing yeah. it is really understanding the business owner working with them and we moved on from becoming just a digital strategy growth sort of marketing agency to a to a full business growth agency so not just a digital marketing but a growth agency which worked with the people the team the marketing managers the uh -huh. whole the head of growth the the business owner so you you are not just thinking what is a good campaign, but how does this tie in with your overall business goals and your strategic vision of where you want to take the business? That's great, actually. That's really good advice. And I love that little saying about, um, what was it? Um, revenue is... Vanity. What was it? Revenue is something and 
um, profit is vanity and profit is sanity. I love that. I'm going to use that in future. Brilliant. Now, we haven't got very much time left, but I've got a couple more questions for you. One is when you are a mum and parents, well, you both are running the business together. One of the things that I really realise that a lot of women do is they drive themselves too hard and don't give themselves any time out to get that balance and then they get sick. So yeah. my question to you is how are you balancing running at what is obviously a big agency and a family? How are you structuring your week and how many hours are you working? Ooh, I have to be honest. As a woman business <laughs> owner, the Please struggle do. is real. It is always a juggle. And you always feel that, you know, you are yeah. not doing justice to one part of it. For us, we have, a, I have one, we had one son, we have one boy, and then Arrow. And I always said that Arrow was more the needy child than my son. Our son is very independent. Yes. <laughs> he learned how to do things himself. But Arrow was the one which called for a lot more um, attention and time. Um, and we, we okay. did at times, you know, uh, if now I think back, now my son is in his 20s, I... And he grew up with Arrow, like his whole growing, like Arrow was a sibling he grew with. Um, I, I do feel that, yes. you know, if in hindsight, I could probably do a few things in in a way where you have a, a defined time of, you know, this is my cutoff. In some ways, the school system helps that, yeah. you know, six o'clock, okay, work finishes, I have to go and pick my son from aftercare. Um, and and all that is is good. Yep. So setting boundaries and and having a definitive time of when it is end of work because work really never ends. You know, there is always so much more I know. every it day. Can, it can back. be it can be twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Yes. Yeah. The, the thing that I learned also was that your work day starts the night before. So if I can really plan and think about the night before, what is my tomorrow looking like? What are my top goals from it? What, right. um, and in that, the, the, the home calendar also comes into play. So if there's a parent-teacher meeting, it's part of the calendar. It is diarized. It is there. Um, and, and making lists for me, you right. know, I think as women, we are very, we tend to have that thing of list making and, and yes. to-dos. So I would always be the person, even in parent-teacher meetings, have my list of these are the things I want to ask or or or, or discuss. Uh, but that always helps. So so planning, prepared preparedness, and priorities. Knowing yes when you know what is the priority at that point in time, and. Um, and really support. So I am so blessed. My son has been, yeah, just uh, very understanding of uh, of it, especially now that he's grown up and he can see things. Um, that so for women, uh, I know a lot of women here. Your show, you're such a, you know, a, 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 actually a, a whole community that you've created around you of women who are on the who are achievers who want to do well. I, I do find that you can find yes. that balance. You don't have to give, like you don't have to, in my view, you don't have to sacrifice your, your career aspirations and what you have to give in terms of your own development, uh, you know, to, to feel that fulfillment. Um, but that, that yeah. balance of uh, knowing that it will never be a single day of balance but over time the balance will come so it is it's it's a it's a, a roller coaster. oh that's good that's good advice <laughs> i no i think that's great okay la well second last question and this doesn't have to be work related but the question is is there something quirky about you that most people don't know that you would be up for sharing and it can be anything I can, what I can think of, I am very good it's with tongue twisters. So this is... Oh, really? Go on, give me one so, then. Okay, I'll give you one. So, but a story first. So 
I had gone to it. There was a reality TV show okay. in India, and um, I put my name. You get audiences who can go in. So I put my name in, and there was a car to be won, and they had this tongue twister. You had to say it ten times. I actually wow. have, don't remember that one completely, but I'll give you another one that I just to, for you to see over here how, how I with those. But I almost won see you a in car action on the back of being a really good. Good with tongue twisters, so <laughs> and, and on a TV show. Oh, that is a very good, quirky <laughs> little fact. So go on, give us a tongue, tongue twister. twister then. So this is one I like. Betty Water bought a bit of butter, but the butter Betty Water bought was bitter. So Betty Water bought a better bit of butter. <laughs> Now that's. I don't know if it made sense to you, but <laughs> Betty Butter is the name of the girl. So Betty Butter bought a bit of butter, but the butter Betty Butter bought was bitter. So Betty Butter bought a better bit of butter. <laughs> oh my! Oh, I love it. The one I grew up with is Peter Piper picks a peck of pickled pepper. But if Peter Piper picks a peck of pickled pepper, what what's the peck of pickled pepper Peter Piper picks? I think oh that one. Oh my god, that that's amazing! I love it. I'll have to find it for you and send it to you. I love it. You are, that's something we have <laughs> in common. I'll find it for you. I'll find. Have you heard of this one? The she she sells <laughs> seashells on the seashore, but the seashells she sells are not sea seashells. I'm sure. <laughs> Any, <laughs> I have, and I love that one too. Oh, Jasmine, I have just so enjoyed listening to your story and hearing all the things that you've been up to. You're an extraordinary woman, and I can't wait to see what you do over the next 20 years, considering what you've done over the last 20. Now, if anyone is listening, and hopefully they'll be going, I want to work with this woman. What is the best way to get hold of you? How can they find out about Arrow Digital, and how can they get hold of Jasmine Bartra? Oh, sure. Um, so my website, like I'm in, of course, arrowdigital.com. You, which is the company website, uh, but um, jasminebatra.com.au. Uh, that's where all my um, programs live, all the projects that I'm working on. Um, um, you know, like the Big Leap program, okay. the business advice, um, international uh, acceleration. So all of that is is on uh, is on um, my website, and the best way is LinkedIn as well. Like I'm. Um, Fairly active, so I would say a connection on LinkedIn and checking on yes, the website. Yes, that's how we met. And I would encourage anyone who's listening who is interested in taking their business to India or going global, but certainly starting off with India. Uh, Jasmine is absolutely the woman you should be speaking to. We didn't get around to how you got that funding, but it is a funded program as well. I believe you were saying, um, and it will get you into India to the right people, and you can grow your business with. I mean, how many people live in India now? It's two billion or something, isn't it? Yes, so the population of India is the same. The, the actually, let me. So the pop India's population that is what. Um, yes. Sorry. Let Let me reframe this. So uh, Australia's population no, okay. is the same as the population of one city in India, which is New Delhi. So we are 1.4 billion people. So 24 million, Amazing. which is Australia, is 24 million in New Delhi. So there are a lot of lot of um, people with a very high purchasing power, very digitally aware, strong startup ecosystem, and um, that that's there. I know we didn't get to talk about the partnerships, but that's something I really talk about in my program. Also, is how to leverage partnerships. You can get one one client, or you can get somebody who has. All those one-one clients in one go. So, how do you create and leverage partnerships um, to to really accelerate your growth and be attractive for investors um, and be a, a, run a business which is coming from the soul and which gives you time back. 
Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine. We have posted about um, the program in the She's the Boss Facebook group, and I will post again and encourage Jasmine to post because I'd love any of you who are thinking about going overseas to get in touch with Jasmine and have a chat. But thank you so much, Jasmine. It's been great. And look, we're literally almost an hour on the button. Oh, my God. (laughs) Thank you so much. I didn't realise it was just having a chat with a friend and it's been amazing. Thank you so much. Jules, love your work. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'sthebos.com.au.